welcome back to the one where I met your mother a podcast about friends and how I met your mother. I'm David. And I'm Natalie. Oh. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Not a one trick pony. Um, well, last week I commented on yeah. you running a joke into the ground. I didn't yeah. mean to make you self-conscious. I was saying I liked that. Yeah. No, I just wanted to, just wanted to switch things up. Switch it up. Well, yeah. It got you me. never know. It very much got me. Yeah. Um, I said last week it bent like we recorded late last week. Yeah. So it feels like we just recorded the, yeah, the other day. But um, now we're back on our normal schedule for now. Yeah. I like this uh, Sunday evening record. Yeah. It's a good way to... Fight off the Sunday scaries. Although I guess there's no Sunday scaries yeah, today because tomorrow is a holiday. President's Day. Yeah. Where but by the time you're hearing this, President's Day has already passed. I hope you had a good President's Day weekend if you're American. If you, you live somewhere else. All of you know, what? I hope you are honoring all of the presidents in the ways that they I hope, should be honored. Yeah, but I hope you saved a lot of money on a new mattress or whatever we did yeah, for, yeah. for President's yeah, Day. Yeah, we should buy a bunch of shit tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we should. That's what we should be doing. Um, well, uh, this uh, if you're new to the show, this is a show where we watch an episode of Friends and an episode of How I Met Your Mother, and we compare and contrast and recap and go on digressions and things like tangents, that. Tangents, yeah. Yeah, tangents. Um, this week we're on season two, episode 14 of both shows. Yeah. Um, uh, why do I do this? I don't know. What are you doing? I think I'm going to remember the names of both episodes. Oh, okay. The one with the prom video. The one with the prom video and, and Monday, Monday Night, Night Football. Football. Monday Night Football, I knew. It was, I, I was like, the one after, because the last two were like the one after the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I was like, the one after the prom? But no. The one with the prom video is yeah. the season two, episode 14 title for Friends. And again, how many other season two, episode 14? Monday Night Football. Let's start with season two, episode 14 of Friends. Okay. The one with the prom video. All right. Do you need to take a break? Do you need to take a breather? Uh, usually. Uh, we get a non-perk opening. We do not open at the perk. Right. We're at Joey and Chandler's apartment. Joey and Chandler's par- apartment. Chandler is playing foosball, I guess, against himself or just practicing, He's I guess. practicing, I think. He's practicing. Uh, uh, Joey comes in and... Um, now that Joey's making some money, he's on duel. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he pays Chandler back for a bunch of like when Chandler paid more of the utilities and, and more of the groceries and stuff like that. And then, excuse me, as a gift, he gives Chandler a, uh, very tacky, uh, gold bracelet that's engraved like to my best bud or something like yeah. that. It's very tacky. It's, but it's very sweet. The gesture is very sweet. It is a very sweet gesture. Yes. Yeah. But it is a very tacky. Which, yeah, I mean, this surprised me because Joey, as much as like he's kind of like portrayed as like this like douchey greaseball, like he's mm-hmm. not tacky. Like he doesn't have poor taste in like clothing. He's not like covered in jewelry. It just seemed right. strange to me because this is not his style. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think you're right. But I also think, because it comes up later, that like on Chandler, this bracelet is like a woman repellent. Yeah. But I buy that Joey would pull it off. But he, but yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But he doesn't seem to have that taste. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So he gives him an attacky uh, uh, bracelet. Again, like later, 
Chandler describes it as being like from the a reject from the Mr. T collection. And that's like a very perfect yeah. <laughs> summation of yeah. uh, what this bracelet looks like. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, after the opening titles, um, Monica is interviewing for a new job uh, with a guy who turns out to have some sort of like food preparation kink fetish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that guy's put by Patrick Carr. I didn't know him. Um, I recognize him, but I had to look it up to see what, do you remember? He's been on multiple episodes, not for, not for years now, but multiple episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm as the blind guy. Who's also like a total asshole. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, he's, yeah, he's shown up, a, 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 a two or three times on that show. Um, and that's what I, uh, his name is Patrick Carr. So yeah, this job interview, like he wants her to prepare a salad and describe in detail everything that she's doing, but it's clear how, like where this is turning when yeah, he's getting off on it. Yeah. yeah. He <laughs> I took a drink of water cause it sounded like you were about to say something. Oh, and no. I was like, this would be a, night, a perfect chance for me to drink. I was, he was just, he was just like, Oh, tell me about the lettuce. Is it dirty? And then she's talking about the tomatoes and he clearly is just, he has one thing on his mind. Yeah. And then when she, when he's asking about the potatoes, she's like, Oh, I was just going to, she said, Julian them. Yeah. yeah. And he just like groans. <laughs> he just loses it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she walks out. Um, back at, at, at Monica and Rachel's apartment, um, Ross answers the phone. Cause I guess this is just what he does at his sister's apartment. Just answers the phone. Uh, takes down a message for Rachel about from some guy named Casey. And then when he realizes that it's some guy she's seeing, he like hides the number. Yeah. She's like very, he's just being like he's, yeah. feeling bad for himself. Cause Rachel doesn't like him yeah. anymore. And, um, uh, this is where we get, um, I feel like I skipped something here. But, um, yeah, did I skip something? Anyway, you'll let me know if I, if I skip something important. Yeah. Uh, but this is where we get uh, Phoebe, who's there, because mm-hmm. she's just always there. Um, At the apartment? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, says, like, you guys are each other's lobsters, because she... And I didn't bother to look up if this is true or not. Do lobsters actually, are they... A, a, for life? Do they mate for life? I feel like they don't. I actually don't know. There are, like... I feel like there are, like, some... Well, there's like penguins, penguins, right? Yeah. She should have said penguin. That's, yeah. That's not as funny. I think penguins is funny as lobster. But to say she's your lobster is much more like Phoebe than like, oh, she's your penguin. But doesn't it feel, I found my, myself getting kind of annoyed at the lobster thing because I feel like, uh, I mean, and we've talked about like uh, how I met your mother doing this uh, as well with like um, crazy eyes or whatever. Like it feels like a very Seinfeldian type of like inventing a thing and then creating a a nickname or a shorthand for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and I feel like the way that we keep re- return, like the the idea of someone being someone else's lobster, comes up multiple times in the episode, and it feels like it feels like uh, Friends is trying to make fetch happen, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, um, and it got on my nerves. Okay. So as it turns out, lobsters don't mate for life. Yeah. Um, they do have a monogamous bond, but it only lasts for two weeks. Okay. So. 
So it's like a summer camp romance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'm glad, glad you were like looking a, that up like and you didn't hear rate. anything else that I said about the lobster thing over the past five minutes. No, I did. No, yeah. I agree. They were trying to make fetch happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, I can oh, do two things at once. Yeah, I can't is the yeah, problem. but I can't. You've got that. You've got like... Uh, we're millennials or, you know, geriatric millennials. Yeah. But you've got that Zoomer yeah. mind of being able to, like, oh, yeah. focus on multiple things. I, I, can I can't watch TV and, like, play games on my phone, look stuff up, and have a conversation with you at the same time. Yeah, I can't do... Uh, it's Pet one the thing dog. At a time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Chandler uh, loses the, 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 the bracelet, Um Oh no! See, okay. Now I'm getting. This is where I was getting confused. There's a in the at the end of this scene, everyone finds out that Chandler has this bracelet because <laughs> it falls off. Yeah, which is a funny moment, but yeah. also is kind of foreshadowing. He, you know what I mean? He's gonna it's, uh, later in the episode. He's gonna yeah. lose. So I feel like like it being loose on him and it falling off in yeah. the scene is the show like saying he's gonna lose Pay this attention to bracelet. This. Yeah. So that's what I was confusing myself with my notes here. Uh, meanwhile, so so next scene, next time we're back at the apartment. Um, I guess there's a jump in time. Maybe it was a commercial break or whatever. The the Gellers, the, mm-hmm. the Ross Monica's parents are coming to visit, yeah. and, and because Judy and Jack Geller yes. show up. Because Monica is going to ask them for money. Yeah. She, she didn't get that job. She's still unemployed from... I'm sure she could have gotten that job. Yeah. <laughs> if she wanted it, she could have yeah. gotten it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's still... The, the events of the one with five steaks and an eggplant um, are still reverberating. She mm-hmm. still doesn't have a job. She's yeah. running out of savings. She needs to borrow some money to, to make rent and, and such. So she's having uh, the... The the parents over. There's a funny um, thing where Ra- uh, Rachel comes in and and uh, Jack Geller is <laughs> being <laughs> very like dunderheaded, I guess, <laughs> like uh, talking about Rachel's parents. Yeah, like not being like sympathetic. Oh, your parents are splitting up, but like really rubbing it in. Like we all saw it coming for years. Yeah, and, yeah. and there's some reference to the incident in Hawaii. Hawaii yeah. Um, and there's a funny moment where he's like, he finally realizes he's saying something stupid and he says like, Oh, maybe that was someone else in Hawaii. Maybe it was me. Maybe it was me. Go and fold your laundry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So now we're back at the perk and there's a woman who is, you did forget like the whole reason for them, um, with all the, all the boxes because they're turning, Monica's room into a gym. That's right. They bring so a bunch of boxes. They bring over, a bunch of boxes, which, which very, will come up later. Yes, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, uh, they, they bring a bunch of Monica's stuff. Um, thank you for pointing that out. Uh, I should have written that down. Nope. So uh, at, at the perk, um, it's just uh, Chandler and Phoebe. Phoebe's hanging out. They've got the entire couch and stuff. Of it's course, just theirs. Of course. Yeah. It's just the two of Reserved them. Reserved all the, the time yeah. for them. Um, and there's a woman... <laughs> I guess the show would have it like making eyes at Chandler, but really she's just like staring at him. She's staring at him. <laughs> it's yeah. super creepy. Yeah. Uh, and, but then Phoebe, who I feel like Phoebe is one of my favorite characters. I love Lisa Kudrow. This is not my favorite Phoebe episode. Between the like the lobster thing that I found obnoxious, and then this very like 
eighties hacky stand up comedy. Like she does her an impression of like a guy, mm-hmm. you know, saying like there's a hot chick but checking that is, you out or whatever. That it's, is how these guys behave on the show. It's not like far. It is hacky, but that's how they behave. I mean, like Joey means, would say that to Chandler. In yeah, that way. but they, but the way that she is like hiking up, like Joey and Chandler are still like cosmopolitan New York City men. Mm-hmm. They they might be a little bit regressive in the way that they think about things, but like Phoebe is doing like she's doing locker a little, room talk. She's or doing whatever. a bit, yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't think it was funny. Okay. Um. But what I and then what I really didn't think was funny is when Ross shows up and mm, uh, yeah. sees that Rachel is having a very nice chat with yeah. the guy and becomes convinced that this guy is bothering Rachel and he like goes up and he's a cock block, but in like a yeah. terrible way uh, by humiliating Rachel. Yeah, and just it's just this like this white knight yeah. thing. Everything like I. I want to like Ross because I like David Schwimmer and I, I think David Schwimmer is good and funny on the show. Yeah. But there are so many things about Ross, particularly as it pertains to how he talks about and thinks about the women that he is interested in that are so off putting to me. Yes. You can't have her. She's mine. She belongs to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then Phoebe reiterate, like, almost, like, co-signing that by saying, like, yeah. Yeah. She's your lobster. And, yeah, we'll get back into this because yeah. I feel like this episode, it, it, in this scene, it's Ross being wrong. But I feel like this episode, by the end, endorses Ross's behavior and Ross's viewpoint. But I did like that Rachel was like, no. You That's need what I'm to stop. In this scene. Yeah, in this scene, she was like, "It really, it finally did sink in. Like, it took a while. It shouldn't take that long. You should say, no, I'm not interested, and that should be enough.' But she had to say over and over again, like, "No, this is not happening. There's no us. Every time I think there's an us, I get hurt. This is done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm over it. it yeah. You know." And he keeps like trying to be cute. And he and, says, "Well, she says I am not yours to have or to save." And he says, "Well, you are." Yeah, but but she, yeah, you're right. In this scene, she shuts him down. She like really reiterates, like you have to accept that this is not happening. I liked that. I also don't like, he gets told off so thoroughly in this scene that I feel like a part of me is like, how is Ross still going to hang out with these people? (laughs) Because it's his, like, he's been humiliated in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I feel like I would just like, it's his whole friend group. He doesn't have any other friends. Uh, yeah, I guess as someone who doesn't have friends, I don't get that. You have plenty of friends. <laughs> I don't really have friends. Um, but yeah, certainly not like this. Like we don't have a friend group like this where we like hang out with them every single day exclusively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no one answers our phones. Can you imagine if someone picked up my phone? <laughs> like your, your, your phone <laughs> for your my cell phone. phone. Yeah. yeah. We don't have a landline. Um, when was the last time you had a landline? Um, in San Francisco, we insisted on having a landline, but that, yeah, that was, but I know like what year you're, you always, Oh, when I lived with my sister, we had one. Okay. And so that was up until like 2006, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think I had one until 
when I lived, when I left my second apartment in Chicago, which would have been like early 2005, mid 2005 was the last time I had a landline. And I think the reason for that is like my sister just had a baby and she learned that if you like call 911 from a landline, they respond quicker. That can't still be true, is it? And maybe it was in 2006. Yeah. yeah. So it was um, kind of like an emergency line. Okay. Okay. Uh, where was I? So, uh, Monica, uh, can't really breaks it to her parents that, um, after her dad makes a comment about <laughs> Steffi Graf's tush cause they're watching tennis. Um, <laughs> Steffi Graf has quite a tush. Yeah. <laughs> is what he says. Uh, she breaks it to her parents that she's unemployed, but, um, um, uh, which I thought was a fun, I didn't put it in funniest moments, but I like, um, I like, <laughs> I left my job. Why? Because they made me. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but she doesn't get the, the money. Her parents are mostly just like sort of condescending. Um, it was funny. It wasn't, it didn't make my funniest moments, but, um, Jack Eller was like being Jack Eller, like, well, if you ever need money and he like takes a quarter from behind her ear and yeah. she's like, is there anything bigger back there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So Chandler, um, I skipped over the scene where he did lose the bracelet. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he, cause, uh, I skipped over the whole thing where Joey hears him talking shit about the bracelet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, in trying to apologize, he realizes he's lost the bracelet. So now he buys an identical one with the same engraving, mm-hmm. comes back to the perk and it turns out Gunther found the old the thing. So now he yeah. has two. Uh, and there's a sweet moment where he's like, when Joey's like, why do you have two now? He's like, I got one for you. So we have matching good save bracelets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm sure we'll never see this bracelet again yeah. in any other subsequent episode. Uh, Ross decides to go ahead and lend Monica the money. Well, uh, Ross had offered to lend Monica the money first, mm-hmm. and then she didn't want to like feel weird or tense mm-hmm. or guilty or tense yeah. around Ross. And that was why he said, why don't you ask mom and dad? You already feel yeah. guilty and tense around them all the time. Right. So Ross, uh, Lends um, uh, lends the money. He has uh, dinosaur checks, um, and this is where we get to the final scene where they um, they 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 find an old videotape in the boxes that you were mentioning earlier, mm-hmm. and it's from Monica and Rachel's prom night. Yeah, uh, them like getting ready, and and uh, um, it was it's very funny to me that. Rachel's had a nose job mm-hmm. because yeah. Jennifer Aniston very like if you've yeah. seen Leprechaun yeah. and you see yes. friends like she had one too so I, I'm sure that was a widely known thing yeah so uh, that felt like earlier in the season when Rachel was like why couldn't she have just copied my hair it feels like the show commenting on its yeah what people know about them so I liked that uh, I like Jen- Jennifer Aniston's nose um uh Ross, I guess I hadn't, uh, this is like their senior prom, I guess. And yeah. Ross is like a college student, but yeah. he's there at the house. He's just like a few years older. Yeah. I've, I'm not sure. Yeah. He's probably just, like a college sophomore. Okay. Just a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, yeah, on the video, Monica's, uh, I get a point on the, uh, when we get to the segment later, cause, yeah. uh, it's a very, it's very, very unfunny and it's, it won't stop. 
the it, yes the the fat phobia is rampant and, and there are literally there's a runner of like three or four jokes in a row that I yeah. just felt I was just like sitting there on the couch just staring it was like, upsetting I can't believe but it, I mean they did a good job funny. of like everyone being laughable like Ross was hilarious to oh, see yeah. oh yeah like everything that Rachel said was funny yeah <laughs> I thought yeah. Um, like they were all like extremely dorky and embarrassing. So it yeah. wasn't just like Monica's fat. Ha ha. Yeah. You know, it was everyone. Everyone got a laugh. Um, lastly, speaking of making fun of people, Monica's date is like a big old nerd. Yeah. And Monica says something about like uh, he saw Star Wars however many times. And it reminds I feel weirdly nostalgic for a time when Star Wars was seen as like a nerd weird outsider nerdy thing yeah. and not just literally our culture is just stream yeah just star wars yeah. now that's that's all our culture is now um uh ross we find out was planning to spend the summer working on his music right uh, which is a itty bitty like he has like a keyboard casio and he's yeah. playing the beverly hills cop yeah theme song axel axel f is that what that song is called I, don't know. I can't remember but he's playing the beverly hills cop song um and then rachel's date doesn't show up and and jack geller is like Ross, put on my tux. Why don't you, you know, this is Rachel's last prom. Why don't you take her to prom? You know, uh, be the good guy. And, and he talks Ross into it and we get a funny David Schwimmer physical comedy moment of him tripping as he runs up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Which I just like that uh, a lot. Um, but then, uh, by the time he comes back and he's like, chip arrives. Yeah. He, but he's like, Ross is all dressed up and yeah. he's like giving himself a pep talk. He grabs some flowers out of the vase and he's like, okay, let's do this. And he finds out chip has, has shown up and the girls and, and, and the dates run at the door. Uh, and this is the first time that Rachel or Monica has seen this and didn't, yeah. didn't know this all happened. Yeah. So, uh, um, Rachel kisses Ross. Yeah, but I feel like you are like understating it so much in a way that because like, I hate it so much. Okay, I love it. It still like gives me chills, and I'm like a sucker for it. I love it, and I feel like it it makes me cry. <laughs> like it really does because everyone else is seeing him do that too. And like when Monica says, "Like I can't believe you did that." And they were all like seeing for the first time. And I'm not, this is not to say like, oh, Ross is this wonderful. It, it was just, I don't know. It still, it still gets me. And then she gets up and like walks over to him and doesn't just like give him a big hug. She like full on makes out with him. Yeah. It's and, wish fulfillment. I hate it. But I, it's like, she's the one who decides to do it, you know, like. But no, the people who wrote the screenplay decided the people who wrote the teleplay of, decided we're talking we talk about this show as like these characters so we have to give it the credit that it that they're due but i still hate that it's 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 uh um what's the word i'm looking for perpetuating yeah. this awful toxic like it made me think the first place mine went is that um a song that I love in terms of like the way that it sounds in the melody and stuff, but that I hate the message of the song, which is the Mr. Big song. I'm the one, you know, yeah. I'm the one yeah. who was. Yeah. Cause the whole message of that song is like, I've liked you for long enough that I deserve you liking me sure. back. And I feel like that's the message of this episode but and this whole storyline is like, Oh, Rachel has to like Ross because he's liked her for so long, but she's liked him too. And Only she's got, recently. but she got hurt. Like when she was explained, like she got burned 
she likes him and then he, you know, like, so it's not, it's like reciprocal. It's reciprocated, reciprocated, reciprocal. And yes, I think if the roles were reversed and like Ross did that, I would be like devastated and like so upset. (laughs) But the fact that she gets up and does it. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll have to disagree. I I, I feel like this uh, is a bad message that 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 only serves to solidify the culture of male entitlement that that dictates so much of the problems with men not being able to treat women as equals to see to see to see to to value a woman's own agency that this this no. idea like that that's how you get this ideas like friend zoned like no I, I liked her how dare she not like me back I I fully agree and I will never defend a man in any <laughs> in any circumstance however this was Rachel choosing to do this so if you're like taking away what like but my criticism is of the show not of rachel and ross but of yeah. the show friends um and excuse me and it's well, writers this is this is what friends is and this episode is a return to form because we had this little reprieve with the yeah. the super bowl yeah. one and two and now we're back to what friends is which is a romantic comedy and this is this is this episode is so friends this is everything that it is male entitlement (laughs) and a little bit of sexuality and some laughs but this is this is what it is i think this will be my like this will i I, we have a lot of years left yeah a lot of seasons left rather and it'll be years of us doing the show i hope that the show convinces me because right now i think it comes down to I don't I don't ship Ross and Rachel. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would if I were going to pick. Well, I, I don't know um, if I were going to pick two people from the show that I would want to be together. Uh-huh. It's Joey and Phoebe. <laughs> I love Joey and Phoebe together. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they're the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, this might be an ongoing problem with me if this is if this is the show's end game. I, I don't know. Right now, I'm not on board. Okay, but this is like, I think that this is core friends. This could be a problem then. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, finally, to, to wrap it up, we get a, a, a tag where um, Monica, on her own, is watching some more of the the, the tapes. Mother. Uh, footage from that night and then it cuts in a sex tape that her parents made together yeah (laughs) which is like a completely inept sex tape because they're under the covers like imagine a couple being like we're gonna film ourselves having sex and then get entirely under the covers yeah they well they got a bad (laughs) angle i guess i guess yeah uh did you have any other stray observations before we move on to funniest moments um no i'm gonna do a quick um props to the props department okay um well, I thought like the, well, no, no, we'll talk about the prom outfits in the fashion segment, but in Monica's kitchen, sometimes there's like foods, like labeled food, like branded foods. Yeah. There were, um, 
I don't know if you pronounce it Boboli or Boboli. Do you remember those like ready-made pizza crusts that you would get at the market? Yeah. So they were on top of her fridge and I'm thinking like, she's a chef. She would never buy that crap. Wouldn't she make her own dough? Yeah. I don't know. I just thought this was like, um, no, no props to the props department. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you noticed that. That is my, that's like what my parents got for like pizza night, get creative, but it wasn't good. That's the food version of my like pet peeve of when like a teenage character on a TV show has a poster in a, in a room for a band that you know that character does not does not listen. like that band yeah 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 I never bought that Meadow Soprano was a Girls Against Boys fan totally yeah <laughs> um, a chef would not have a bubbly yeah, crust yeah. uh, all right funniest moments um, the hardest I laughed in the as a, and, Partially because it was like just a relief because we'd had all of these jokes about young Monica being heavy. Yeah. Just all. And then the camera on the on the video like whips over and reveals Ross and just the reveal of what young Ross looked like. (laughs) Young college age Ross just like, you know, mustache and and fro or whatever like was laugh out loud funny to me. Yeah. No, it was funny. You did laugh out loud. Um, One of mine and this didn't even get like a laugh is when Ross um, answered the phone (laughs) yellow because that's how I answer (laughs) the phone when you call. That's true. Uh, The other thing that made me laugh is um, when Joey's mad at Chandler and Chandler's like trying to be like uh, trying to get him to open up and like (laughs) tosses the basketball at him and Joey just stands there and the basketball smashes the lamp. Yeah. That was very funny. Um, I thought it was funny when Chandler was um, doing a Mr. T impression. Oh, yeah. And he said, I, I pity the fool who puts on my jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not about to do that impression. No, yeah, nor, nor should you. Um, yeah, weirdly, a lot of... Uh, do you have another funny? Cause I no. Know. Oh, okay. Um, but a lot of uh, Mr. T in my week, because I watched Rocky Three oh, earlier yeah, this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, my last funniest was um, when Chandler gives him the friendship gold bracelet. Um, Joey says, is this friendship? I think so. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. Uh, should we move on to friends but make it fashion? Yeah. Jo- I'll just keep mentioning it. Joey wears the same unstructured sport coat again. I love it. Oh, okay. Uh, in, in that scene where he lets the basketball smash the lamp. Yeah. He's, he, when he comes home, he's, he's wearing that same... Uh, checkered uh unstructured sport coat what do you have for make it um, fashion i have phoebe's um knit sweater with a poodle on it yeah it was like a perk. it was like a poodle skirt but on a cardigan but doesn't like she's i felt like that there was a, a weird because i liked that mm-hmm. but the outfit as a whole i felt was like weirdly disproportionate because she's wearing mm. a cardigan over like a sweater, mm-hmm. which is already like a little bulky. And then she's got like kind of a short skirt. Mm-hmm. But then her sweater is like tucked into her skirt in mm-hmm. a way. Yes. I didn't like the look. It felt like huh. it was top heavy huh. and and uh, a cardigan over sweater, especially since the sweater itself was kind of puffy. It was it was just uh, yeah. it was too much. It was top heavy. Yeah. Okay. And I don't like the t- sweater tucked into skirt. It just looked weird. Okay. Okay, sorry. Okay. Uh, any running jokes, motifs, or foreshadowing? Obviously, the many, many fat jokes. Yes. 
Anything else? That oh, you well, noticed? I mean, in fashion, I'm sorry, the the prom outfits were so perfectly 1985. When would, uh, what well, year would this, if. Well, Beverly Hills Cop is 86 or 84. I don't know. So, yeah, that would have been the. Hold on. I have to look up. Okay. Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Beverly Hills Cop is 84. So maybe that's that's supposed to be the like summer of 84 or the spring of 84. Yeah. So they have like the like taffeta, like puffy sleeves, like bright pink, red. Hold on. Uh (laughs) Again, this is not important. Okay. Beverly Hills Cop was released December of 84. So I'm guessing this is spring of 85. Oh, okay. That's my guess. Okay. Fair. Okay. (laughs) Um, Should we take a quick break? Yes. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. We're back from our quick break. It was very quick on our end. Mm-hmm. And we were ready to talk about How I Met Your Mother, Season 2, Episode 14, Monday Night Football. Yes. So we start this episode of, um, you know, Ted talking to his kids about holidays. Is this where the term where the Ted talk comes from? Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> um, thank you for listening to my, um, the, so he's talking about holidays and um, showing clips from different holidays together, but no holiday is as important to this gang as Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, Which really, like, that's like a joke, but the Super Bowl does feel like a holiday. Because you and I are recording this just a week after Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. And a week ago, you and I, for the first time in years, did not watch the Super Bowl. We weren't even near a TV. No, we were like wine tasting, and yeah. it was it was ghost town. Like yeah. everyone it, was, it was watching the kind of nice. It was kind of nice, yeah. but it does feel like the Super Bowl does have that holiday feel. It does have. Yeah. Especially because it's like in our hometown <laughs> with our, it was, yeah. Although supposed we, yeah, home team. We weren't, we weren't in Los Angeles when it was happening. Yeah. That's what yeah. I mean. Like, not only do we like, did we avoid watching it? We avoided watching we it. Left like, town. We left town. We <laughs> hightailed it out of there. Yeah. Um, okay. So we are at McLaren's and they're getting excited about the Super Bowl. And Ted is um, divvying up all the jobs. Like you, you do the bean dip, you do this. I'm going to get the wings. So they have this tradition that they all value. Um, so it turns out that, Mark, no one really knows who Mark was. I'm assuming a bartender or a bar back yeah. at McLaren's. He died. Yeah. And everyone's sad. And his funeral will be held on Super Bowl Sunday tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're trying to get out of it and saying like, oh, well, we'll just send flowers. And then someone got kicked out of the, They overheard like someone getting kicked out of a bar. Like, you'll never come here again because yeah. they weren't going to show up to. Yeah. By the Carl, funeral by Carl, who's the bartender we do know. Right, right. Um, so then they're like, okay, we have to go to this funeral, but we can 
DVR, record the game. Yeah, they specifically mentioned TiVo. Yeah, they could TiVo it and um, just be like an hour late. At the funeral, they realize like, oh, fuck, this is taking longer than we anticipated. They have to go to the wake, which is back at McLaren's, and tell a bunch of Mark stories and everyone... I mean, no one has Mark stories. Like even yeah, when they were at Carl, yeah. the funeral, when they they like peered into the open casket, and they're like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh," and they all had to do this. Um, that was funny. Um, so we, they all decide then that okay, they're going to. Well, first, can, can I, can I um, comment on something here, which is, is I feel like this is like the first time we've ever seen Barney in anything other than a suit. Cause oh, yes. Like, yes. I was going to talk about that. So this okay, is the yeah. only time that he's not suiting up. He's wearing like just a hoodie on top of a T-shirt. Yeah. And the, his whole description of it is like, that's the only time that you don't suit up. I, I don't even he remember was like, his. A, a, a saying that like a suit is supposed to be, to him, it's like a badge of honor or it's like a fun time thing you know uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. It, it, so you're not supposed to be suited up or at least in his philosophy uh but also in in his whole speech he uses the word sartorial and lily didn't know the word sartorial i feel like that's i don't buy i don't buy that lily doesn't know the word sartorial i yeah. guess yeah anyway sorry go ahead um okay so then we get like a clip show of the Super Bowl through the years. Um, we see the first one. So I cut off. You were saying what their plan was. You never finished oh, that because I cut you off. Yes. So um, their plan was they're going to have the Super Bowl Monday night and they're going to stay um, completely spoiler free. They're going to somehow do a media blackout. They're going to avoid contamination, which is like impossible yeah you know because robin is a well that's we'll get to that but um it proves very difficult yeah um yeah that's the yeah the bulk of the episode is trying not to be spoiled um but we kind of see like the reason for it so we see super bowl throughout their throughout the years um when they started watching it um we see the very beginnings of Barney's um, gambling addiction. <laughs> and yeah, it's Marshall's, Marshall's to blame. fault. Yeah. Marshall said, like, I'll give you a dollar for blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And Barney's like, wait, it was that easy? And then we see him, like, turn into a degenerate gambler throughout the years. Yeah. Like, yeah. It gets more and more intense, and it's all Marshall's fault. Um, we also see a reference. Do you, would you believe, because you and I watched the Super Bowl together, but I didn't really watch the Super Bowl before. Uh, yeah, me neither. I mean, I did, as I talked about last week, as a kid, I watched with my family. Right. But I would say college up until you and I started watching it together, I didn't really watch it. Yeah. Um, I feel like even you, like you and I aren't really sportos, especially not you. I we, still don't understand anything about the game. But we still watch it every year. And even that sort of happened by accident. Because like, I think, I don't know, you get to a certain age, you start getting it invited to Super Bowl parties and then it becomes like I said a holiday just like what are we going to do for the Super Bowl I've always um, just been in it for the snacks okay <laughs> always so would you believe that I have to this day I've never seen the Janet Jackson thing that caused so much controversy mm-hmm. I wasn't watching that year and then I think I kind of like because I found it's, it's 
sometimes I just, a lot of times I feel like there are multiple separate versions of this country that don't like correlate to one another. And sometimes they, you're forced to become aware that anyone cared. This seemed the, the Janet Jackson's right. seemed, seemed yeah. like such a non-issue right. that I think the fact that it became such a big thing, I think I've subconsciously just been like, I'm not watching that. I'm not, out of this. I'm yeah. not. So I, to yeah. this day, I've never seen the, the controversial. Yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah. You don't have to. Um, so yeah, all the, the f- humor comes out of them trying to be spoiler free. Um, and they all have plans to do so. My favorite was Robbins cause she's a, um, a newscaster. Is that what it's called? Yeah. 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 Like a yeah. broadcast newscaster. Yeah. Um, so she's like giving her story, avoiding any sort of like Super Bowl talk. And then when her co-anchor tries to cut to like the sports wrap up, she just says, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then she's like, let's like go, let's go back to um, Lou with the, with the traffic report or let's go to Lou with the weather report. And yeah. they had just given the weather report. So it's two minutes later and Lou's standing there with a powdered <laughs> donut like nothing has changed, yeah. and that was very, very. And funny. same weatherman, still played by Robert yeah. Michael Morris. Uh, also, the sports guy Sid is played by an actor named Dwight Hicks, whom I recognize because I have watched Netflix's "I Think You Should Leave" so many times. Right. But uh, you've only watched it once, right? Yeah. So I don't know if you remember the sketch where. There's a meeting going late and the boss leaves the room and all the employees start fucking around acting oh, like they're surfing. Yes, yes, He's yes. the boss who comes oh, back okay. and is like, what's going on? Okay. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> when he, yeah. When he starts surfing on the table and everyone's cheering him on. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Watch out for the spray. And he like opens a LaCroix yeah. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh, um, okay. So, um, uh, Ted works from home to avoid any yeah. sort of office talk. Um, Marshall goes to Lily's classroom for the show and tell, which is also really funny because, um, well, the show and tell, like she shows Marshall as like he has, um, he's double jointed (laughs) and he wants to talk about Nessie because he's obsessed with the Loch Ness monster, which is cute. I think, I feel like Marshall's into like cryptozoology and cryptids in general. Yes, totally. Um, and then a little kid tries to like extort him. Like once he tells the little kid yeah. that he doesn't want to know, the little kid's like, all right, give me 10, 10 bucks. And then um, Marshall says no. And he's like, it just went up to eight, <laughs> which was funny and cute because it's a <laughs> child. Um, and to combat this little dipshit, Marshall like um, sprays a Capri Sun over his pants to make it look like right. he just pissed himself. Yeah. And this little kid has a crush on the teacher right. on Lily. Right. Um, so, okay. And Marshall, I guess handcuffs himself to the radiator. So he doesn't call his bookie because Barney, yeah. Barney does. Um, he breaks free of that and is like running through the streets. He runs into Emmett Smith. Yeah. Emmett Smith doesn't know the, <laughs> Who, like, who won? Yeah, because once you've won a few Super Bowls, it stops being important. Yeah. So he was, like, dancing, out dancing on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Um, Ted creates the sensory deprivation goggle headphones, and he goes to this... What was that um, sports bar? It was called Quinn's. I don't know. I, mean, oh, okay. I think it's made up. But okay. Yeah, Quinn's um, But I thought bar. it was, like, kind of a burn that they didn't get wings from McLaren's. Yeah, maybe McLaren's wings suck. suck. Yeah. 
So uh, he goes, he... Real quick, oh. the bartender at Quinn's uh-huh. is an actor named John Reichman, who was also in an I Think You Should Leave sketch. <laughs> Do you remember the sketch <laughs> where... Tim, I can't remember what, uh, it's like, his character's always named like Luca or Luca, I think Mm -hmm. was, uh, in trouble at work because he had a coworker who every time he got up, Tim called the guy who looked like him to go into the bathroom and take huge dumps. (laughs) Do you remember that sketch? Yeah. So the coworker, the guy that Tim was playing the prank on is played by the same actor and I recognized him immediately again. (laughs) Um... Uh, so yeah, he goes to he okay. puts on the sensory deprivation. Yeah, thing he out. goes and gets like a whole box of wings. Um, goes back home, realizes he's, he forgot the dip, has to go back. Um, and then there's a series of pratfalls. Like everything goes wrong. He slips on a a pool ball yeah. at the at Quinn's. Um, Robin gets. Spoiled somehow. I don't. I didn't understand because there's like a, yeah. Everyone except for Ted, because the actual the deprivation thing actually know, works. Yeah. Everyone accidentally gets spoiled for who won at the exact same time, right? Because of like, um, well, Barney because he seeks it out, right? Um, he grabs the newspaper, yeah, at a newsstand, uh, and then there's some sort of news report, like some sp- special interest report where the Brooklyn Zoo or whatever has a new baby, whatever. Yeah. And they named it after the Super Bowl winning whatever. So, and that story is like, t- t- takes all of them by surprise. Yeah. So that's how they all get spoiled except for Ted. Cause yeah. It but works. it's all okay. Cause they all get together and realize like, this is what it's about. Like having wings and sitting around drinking beer. It doesn't matter who wins or loses. Like the yeah. viewer never knows. Like we never, yeah. Here, which and yeah, Bob Saget Ted even says, I, I can't remember who won. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. It um, made me like because you and I didn't watch it this year, this made me go, like, Oh, the, yeah, watching the Super Bowl is fun, it is, but it's still COVID, and it's like I don't right. necessarily want to sit around in a bar eating wings. Like, um, I do, but um, you and I have to find a new bar. I think we talked about this already, right? <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't talk about can't go to our old bar, Pineapple Hill. I don't care, we could drag them. <laughs> Pineapple Hill. Yeah, they become the anti anti co or anti. Uh, Let's just say they're on the wrong side of history. <laughs> That's how it seems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe they'll change ownership and we'll get to go again at some point. There's other bars. It's a big city. And the thing is, like, there might be other bars who have like questionable values but we don't know about it the fact that they were so vocal about it holding rallies going on fox news yeah yeah we can't ignore it yeah it's not ignorable yeah uh okay so did i miss anything uh i wanted to talk about well um peter uh, Peter bjorn and john oh peter yeah peter bjorn and john we don't care about the young folks yeah young folks that's what it's called i just think it was the whistling song yeah but uh yeah um, that was going on during like the mishaps. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good song for that. And then yeah. it comes back at the very end. Yeah. Um, I also just wanted to mention like, uh, Marshall and Ted, I, I was very much on their side when they were talking about like one of the good things about TiVo in the game is they can fast forward to the commercials mm-hmm. and Lily and Robin are like, well, we like the commercials. Mm-hmm. And I, again, this feels like me just being a contrarian, but it really does bother me. Like, 
advertising in general is bad, mm-hmm. bad for people. Mm-hmm. And the idea, the fact that every Super Bowl mm-hmm. people get around and rank commercials mm-hmm. and talk about their favorite commercials and watch for the commercials, it like hurts my heart. Yes. <laughs> I, I really yes. hate commercials. I hate being on Twitter during the Super Bowl and having people react. Like, I want to see reactions to the plays and a bad call or whatever. I don't want to see like, oh my God, did you see that fucking teaser for the new Uncharted movie or whatever? I don't understand. I don't care. Right. I, people like, it makes you sound like such a fucking mark. If you're tweeting about commercials, you are like house trained by <laughs> these corporations. It bothers me so much. I, I, I've, I've learned to just stay off of Twitter during the Super Bowl because there was time that I used to like let it bother me and I would like get on my, like I'm doing now, get up in my soapbox, soapbox and my high horse and like try and tweet like people, you know, stop uh, doing these corporations jobs by uh, reacting and spreading their commercials. Now I just stay off Twitter, but you know what? I haven't done it for years. So I'm using this podcast again as a platform okay. to say commercials are bad for you and stop celebrating them. Okay. I, I, yes, I agree. And there are like full shows that are like countdown, the best Super Bowl commercial. Like yeah. there are full shows that are just, it's yeah. like, let's take, let's create a show of com- counting down commercials. And between those commercials are going to be commercials for this commercial. Like it's so absurd. Yeah. There's like a whole nother level of absurdity. These commercials cost tens of millions of dollars. Um, but I will say, like, I can recall commercials with, like, such artistry, like commercials that have made me cry. Like, I know I'm a Mark too, but yeah. some commercials are directed beautifully and have a beautiful message that, you know, some are, like, almost like public service announcements, you know? And yeah. I'm not... I like, I feel like here I'm like defending the like frail masculine ego and (laughs) capitalism. And I'm saying like, I I love these, but like there have been historically commercials that have like really been emotional for people. I'm thinking this might've been the very first Super Bowl you and I watched together. And what started our, like, let's watch a Super Bowl every year was at your old job. Your old boss hosted a, uh, a a watch, yeah. party. Yeah. And you mentioned a commercial that made you cry. And I will fully admit there was a Coca-Cola commercial. Always Coca-Cola. Yeah. That was people. Ugh, I'm going to get emotional. People singing America, the beautiful in all different languages. Yeah. Oh. Gets you every time. Oh. Yeah. That, yeah. that gets me right where I live. Right. Or yeah. if there's like a gay wedding or a dog and a man, you know, like wait, a dog and a man getting married, a horse and a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Slippery slope. slippery slope, slippery slope. No, like when you see the Clydesdales, like with a dog or something oh, yeah. like there are like sweet moments and we're human. So we're going to respond to them. Yes. Yeah. It's like manipulative and, you know, backed by just, you know, corporate interests, but like there is artistry and, you know, people direct commercials or, yeah. you know, like, you know, the, um, the actual Budweiser Clydesdales used to, when I was a kid, used to live in St. Louis at, at Grant's farm, which you've been to Grant's farm, yeah. which is like a nature preserve type of thing in the middle of, or just South of the city, I guess. Um, and, uh, I loved the Clydesdales as a kid. Now the Clydesdales don't live at Grant's farm anymore, but, um, uh, I do like the Clydesdales that, that, that like, just cause I have, nostalgia for like not just seeing commercials with the Budweiser Clydesdales, but actually like having a hometown connection there. Yeah. 
Um, this was quite the detour from this episode. Yeah, we talked about commercials we actually like. Yeah. So we ended on a positive note. What's the one with um, all the neon balls? Oh, that's Sony, Sony Bravia yeah. set to the Jose Gonzalez yes. cover of yes. Heartbeats by the Night. Yes, like I'll take all that you got. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that commercial. Yeah, that is a good one. Um, all right, uh, sorry, I, I wanted to get on my high horse before. We can move on to funniest moments. On your you high Clydesdale? Yeah, my high okay. Clydesdale. Um, funniest. Um, well, I already talked about mine. Mine was, um, back to you, Lou. <laughs> yeah. Well, mine, you kind of, uh, spoiled my first one a little bit, which is <laughs> Lily saying Marshall is a little bit double jointed. And then he just does this weird thing with his yeah, thumb. <laughs> yeah. And all the kids are like, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah. I loved Marshall talking about Nessie. Uh, yeah. Uh, the last one, when, when Sid, when they when they throw to Sid the sports guy, uh, Robin just goes like, la, 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 la. Yeah. and when they come back, her 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 like co anchor has to like <laughs> nudge her in the ribs. Yeah, that made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, any more funniest moments? Um, no, but a quick um, props to the props department. Did you notice in Ted's apartment? Did we have we talked about Tom Wolf the Tom Wolf book that we have? A Man in Full? A Man in Full. But yeah. it's, have, have we talked about it on the podcast? I don't know. Because you and I have talked about the fact that, like, set dressers or whatever love for TV this love this okay. book. It's like on some, but I don't know if we've talked about it on the show. Yeah, the hardcover of A Man in Full by Tom Wolfe. Yeah. Once you know what that spot, because it's a big fat spine, it's a huge yeah. book. Once you know what it looks like, you can't unsee it. It's in every, every TV show. And Everyone I feel has like, it on their Well, because I show. see it every day. So I'm right. like, hey, it was just so familiar. And also at McLaren's for the wake, um, they were all eating like fruit tarts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I was like, mmm, I want a fruit tart. Uh, I, I, I can't, I, I, uh, skipped over something that I'm surprised you didn't, uh, notice, uh, or, or you didn't call it that. I'll, I'll take your segment and I'll okay. do props to the props department. Okay. In the first flashback to the first time we watched the Super Bowl together, uh, how cute were those little football napkins? Oh, they were little footballs. <laughs> little football, yeah. They were little footballs. Little and Marshall footballs. had them like, had one like tucked into, into his it, shirt yeah. while he was eating his, his chicken wings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Little footballs. Uh, sorry, make, did you have another make it fashion? No, I haven't had any. Um, oh, okay. So Lily's, <laughs> Lily's hair was treated. It looks very um, shiny. In a good way? In a good way, okay. yes, yes. But it also looked different in the flashbacks, too, yes. which I like. I like that attention. It was a different it. hair yeah. color, yeah. Um, I like Barney's casual look as well. <laughs> I guess, yeah, he looked like a... He looked like Ted. <laughs> he did kind of look like Ted. Um I, the only thing I'll notice, uh, I'll point out because I did it with friends and I'm doing it like when things reoccur, mm-hmm. Ted's like military inspired maroon shirt jacket thing is like was hanging over a chair in the apartment. Oh, that's fun. It's, it's just, it keeps being in every episode. There's like three episodes in a row that that thing has been in. Lily has worn that dress before. It's like the um, striped sweater dress Okay. with the thick stripes. Um, I also liked her blue coat for the funeral. I liked everyone's funeral outfits. Even Barney's, yeah, you especially. Even Barney's, Barney's yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's, uh, I don't really have any, there, were, there weren't a lot of running jokes unless I'm missing something. There wasn't a lot of, like, Barney didn't drop, uh, I guess there was a reference to suiting up. There was, yeah. Uh, but Barney didn't drop a lot of his usual uh, catchphrases. Um, uh, I liked the, like, 
um, what is he like Barney saying to Ted? Like, have you learned nothing from me? And Ted's like, I hope not or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not sure what else there was in terms of running jokes or and there's probably some foreshadowing that I'm missing that I um, forgot about. I, I have some similarities. Do you? Yes, I do. I Go have ahead. a few. Um, so when we discussed um, loving commercials, because if do you remember Judy saying to Jack Geller, oh, there's that bank commercial that cracks you up. What was it a commercial for? It was a house bank commercial. House bank? House bank? Yeah. Okay. And they're actually watching it and you see him like they're just like in the background and he's like chuckling, like yeah. watching the commercial. <laughs> he loves it. So love of commercials. Yeah. Um, what else you got? I have a few others. Uh well, in both episodes, the characters watch something that has been recorded ah. previously, uh-huh. right? Um, and then I have one that's more of like, obviously, I spent so much time railing against it in, in oh, Friends. Oh, I have it. Can I take it away yeah. from you? When Marshall says to the child, you can't have her, she's mine. Yeah. And that's basically what Ross tells everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, so we're on the same page. We're on the same page there. Yes. I hate... I hate Ross and I hate this toxic masculine. I get like, let's just be clear. Like I disagree with this, but I still love the episode. Okay. I'm fine with you. Um, also both shows have, uh, flashbacks. Oh yeah. I know your mother always has a flashback to to the point where I I don't even, you don't even think about it, but friends had it. Yeah. Should we move on to playing favorites? I don't think it's going to be much of a surprise. Yes. Yeah. Three, two, one. How I met your mother. And this is, it wasn't a great How I Met Your Mother. No. I just didn't like this Friends episode. It wasn't very funny. I had to like struggle to find my favorite funniest lines. In How I Met Your Mother? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like it had um, some decent, like, not, I, I feel like How I Met Your Mother was funnier, not in like its jokes like it usually is in terms mm-hmm. of like written, like things characters are saying, mm-hmm. but it was like more physical comedy or just like conceptually. Like I thought mm-hmm. that Ted's, like the view from inside Ted's like deprivation glasses was mm-hmm. like kind of funny, mm-hmm. you know. The and slow-mo like, with the um, pool ball. Yeah, yes. And like uh, uh Barney, when he's handcuffed to the radiator, like Neil Patrick Harris is doing some funny, mm-hmm. like, so I, I did think the episode was funny, but not in the way that how many mother usually is. Yeah. I just, it didn't get under, under my skin the way this friends episode. Did. There was a lot of funny in the friends episode. And I feel like uh, Chandler had a lot of good physical comedy. He was doing a lot of like gesticulation with the bracelets. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah. the couch cushions. <laughs> that's right. He's I, on his knees. The the, fool. Yeah. Well, let's move on, I guess, to my favorite segment to introduce, which mm-hmm. is called How Were We Doing? Mm-hmm. And this is where we look at what was happening in the world in the days these episodes aired. Friends Season 2, Episode 14, the one with the prom video, aired on Thursday, February 1st, 1996, which is the day that the U.S. Congress, the U.S. Congress passed the Communications Decency Act. Uh, which was basically argue, uh, like targeted specifically at like knowingly sharing pornography or other like obscene material over the internet with a minor. Mm. It was like kind of how it was, but it okay. also is something that's still talked about today because of section two thirty. I don't know if you've heard about section two thirty that there's like, um, 
a lot of people, mostly on the right, want to repeal this part of the law. But basically, Section 230, it's someone who knows the law better can clarify if I'm uh, if I say something stupid, but it's basically the idea that um, if I say something libelous, criminal, offensive, obscene, whatever on Twitter, I could be held accountable, but Twitter can't. Mm, so it's, so like, it's protecting the corporation, but or like, but it's also protecting a venue for a venue for speech is what right. I think it's it's uh, like, defenders would say. So Spotify has no repercussions for, for what Joe Rogan says. Ro- That's a what, perfect example. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that would be the left wing argument. Mostly right. These days it seems like it's mostly the right wingers who are saying, let's repeal this because you've got so many people being removed from Twitter and YouTube and stuff for, for misinformation or, or, or for threats or stuff right, like that. And, right. and there's become this bias on the right that like social media has an anti right wing bias, which actually, if you take pure numbers, isn't true. There it's is true. more yeah. right wing content on yes. Twitter, Facebook and YouTube than there is left wing content. But it, no one's experience of social media is all encompassing because everything is algorithmically catered to the catered to, so yeah. they're only you're only seeing what you see. So right. and but then groups like the ACLU are saying if you repeal section two thirty it removes uh uh places for people to communicate with one another. Because mm-hmm. like Twitter like wouldn't be able to exist if Twitter was held accountable every time someone on Twitter made a death threat, which is like right. it's something that people do all day, right. every day. So yeah, anyway, um, this got serious, but this was just weird that uh, this came up um, in my looking what happened this day because Section 230 gets talked about a lot. Uh, a lot of YouTube stars I've never heard of were born on this day. I'm not even going to mention them. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, too old, too tired, and too talented. Have you heard that, uh, Brian Cox? Uh, no, that's embarrassing. Um, uh, but no, Brian Cox is cool. But he was basically like something about... It was in some interview where he was like asked about doing certain like actorly like methody type of bullshit, mm-hmm. and he said, "No, I'm, I'm too old, too tired, but too I will do that a, shit. a billion dumb commercials for Carl's Jr. and yeah, is that what Brian Cox said? We saw him in something. Was it with Carl's Jr.? Yeah, because he or goes, but up, up. Oh no, that's McDonald's. Oh, so yeah, he's so Brian Cox is doing McDonald's. Yeah. yeah. I guess maybe HBO's not paying. He's enough. not. He's not too old, too talented, too. You know. Yeah, to do McDonald's commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's count down the number. The five. The top five uh, songs in the U.S. on this day. We've got a new entrance into the chart at number four. Uh, but first, at number five, LL Cool J's "Hey Lover." Mm-hmm. Number four, a song that I hate. Joan Osborne's "One of Us." <laughs> What if God was oh. one of us? <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. Uh, number three, everything but the girls missing. Number two, wait, you're not going to sing "Missing" this week. Um, step off the train. <laughs> <laughs> number two, Whitney Houston's "Exhale," and then in parentheses, "Shoop Shoop." Yeah. Uh, and at number one, Mariah Carey's "One Se- One Sweet Day." Let's look what was happening on the day that season two, episode 14 of how I met your mother when that football aired, that was on Monday, February 5th, 2007. Uh, and I, and I looked this up and now I forget. Oh, okay. Well, first off, uh, Rudy Giuliani filed for candidacy for president Ooh. of the United States of America, Ooh. but you know what else happened? 
uh, in the news is uh, space shuttle astronaut Lisa Nowak was arrested in Florida for attempted kidnapping. Do you remember this story about the no the the like NASA astronaut who like armed herself with a bunch of like knives and shit and drove nonstop from Houston to Florida to harass her like ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend or whatever. And it became like the thing that made the story, uh, uh, most notable, which may or may not have been true was the idea that she was wearing a diaper the entire time. So mm-hmm. she could drive oh, without stopping from yeah. Houston to Florida. Yeah. And she confronted, uh, this woman who's like dating her ex-boyfriend uh, yeah. in the parking lot of the airport and pepper sprayed her or whatever. Uh, oh. I don't know. It was a big story at the time. And, and, and it, uh, this was the day she was arrested. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I thought, I would have thought you knew yeah, more maybe of I did. story. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that I want to call out? No. Um, let's look at the top five songs in the U S on this day. At number five, Akon, I Want to Love You. At number four, Daughtry, It's Not Over. Daughtry being Chris Daughtry, who did not win American Idol, but had a career after American Idol. Right. Anyway, right. weirdly, I didn't know this was going to come up, but you and I were just, I were just talking about Chris Daughtry yesterday. Yeah. Because I was talking about, I was telling a story during the Chris Daughtry season of American Idol the guest like coach celebrity coach, whatever was Stevie wonder. And everyone had to pick a Stevie wonder song. Mm. And Chris Daughtry mm. said oh, God. to Stevie wonder's face that I didn't know any of your songs. So I didn't know what I was going to pick. But then I found out that uh, higher ground by the red house, Chili peppers is actually one of your songs. Oh, Can you imagine yeah. your Stevie fucking wonder and yeah. this dumb, like white bro yeah. is like, gonna like condescend to you and say like oh luckily the fucking red hot chili peppers yeah. literally the worst band in the history of rock and roll music yeah. uh, are the only reason i know a song by you steve you fucking wonder yeah makes me so mad yeah no. maybe mad in the moment and here i am 15 years later and i'm still mad at it yeah uh, you're bright red right now <laughs> <laughs> at number three nelly Furtado, say it right at number two fallout boy this ain't a scene it's an arms race which one is that? I don't know. Because I feel like that might be one that I know. Okay, yeah. But just I just don't know that title. Um, um, Quattro Farmagia. Spicy um, Buffalo Cheddar. Okay, I'm going to look up the lyrics to... Spinach Tortellini. No, I don't know this song. Okay. That literally, is, this ain't a scene, it's a goddamn arms race, is the chorus so huh. sorry i know one fallout boy song which is um, what is that uh going down going down oh, yeah. down yeah, in yeah. an earlier round sugar we're going down playing. right yeah i mean number one with yeah. a bullet i got a loaded gun complex cock it and pull it uh that's the only fallout boy song i know uh and then at number one beyonce is irreplaceable okay. St- staying strong in number one staying strong yeah time. and then our final segment is called Challenge accepted. And this is where we try to predict what's going to happen next week on, on the show based only on the episode title. But first I have to look at how we did. Mm, I'll tell you how we did. The week before. You, you, I, I'm surprised. I always, I make our prediction or I, I write down our predictions and I immediately forget until I open up the document on my phone. I don't know how I did. Usually I always forget. Um, but you have a good memory for that. Well, I just remembered that I got it wrong. 
Okay, so I was right. Yes. Because I predicted the fat suit. I said Courtney Cox is forced to sweat it out under layers of unfunniness. And you said, yeah, you were off. Yeah, you said, while watching Monday Night Football at McLaren's, the gang engages in fisticuffs with a band of sporto ruffians. Yeah. Well. So I've got, so I'm, I'm ahead by two now. Yeah. You got some catching up to do. Yeah. Well, um, let me find out what next week's episodes are called. Okay. Episode, episodes 15 of each season. Okay. Let's see. Why don't you... Uh, Cheesy seasoning blend. That sounds pretty good. It is good. We have it in the kitchen. What do we use it on? What have you used it on? Um, I use it on veggies. I've used it on cauliflower rice to make like a... Okay. Um, um, like a risotto yeah. type thing. Okay. Yeah, I don't like... Um, Potatoes. But it's che- It's not... It's vegan, yeah. It's not real cheese. The, no. It's a cheesy season. It tastes like cheese. Okay. Because I don't tend to like... You don't like nutritional yeast, and it's kind of no, like that. No, but I was saying you put on a veggies. I don't like, like, um, broccoli and melted cheese. I always hated, like... Yeah, the consistency is off. It's just a weird... Yeah, it's not, not my favorite. Marinated uh, so, Season 2, episode 15 of Friends is called The One Where Ross and Rachel, you know. So I'm not going to... I'm not going to just guess what the episode says. Right. Um, I... Uh, Here's what I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess Monica is unsettlingly over her, <laughs> hold on, over the moon about her brother fucking. <laughs> her best friend. Fucking, sorry, I did the ducking thing, of course. Fucking her bestie. So that's my prediction for next week, is that I am going to be weirded out by how much Monica is happy about this. I'm not saying she should be unhappy for them, but But there's been just way too, too. like, details, like, no, no details. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Season two, episode 15, Natalie, if you will, of the show How I Met Your Mother, Mm -hmm. which aired on CBS, um, is called... Lucky Penny. Um, okay. I'm going to say that um, Penny is the name of a paramour. Okay. Okay. You're going to say uh, Penny. So I'm not going to... Do I have to say who's? Maybe, no, you could be... Yeah. Okay. So Penny is a paramour. Uh, okay. That's it. Penny is the, uh, um, I'm trying to think of a dumb word for name. N- uh, moniker? Moniker. Oh, that's good. Penny is the moniker of a paramour. All right. Locked in? Locked in. And this episode is in the can. It's locked in as well. You can find it at battleshipretention.com. That's where uh, um, you can leave comments on, on the episode. And, and uh, you can uh, find 
that's my other pod, my other podcast and all my movie writings and stuff are all at battleshipretention.com you can find this podcast wherever you find podcasts you can email me uh, at Davey Pretension sorry at um, David at battleshipretension.com follow me on Twitter at Davey Pretension but more importantly you can email us Natalie and David mm-hmm. at the one where I met your mother at gmail.com mm-hmm. um, Natalie remind me because I always forget where do you want people to you find do you do always forget don't find me but you should subscribe if you like this you should tell your friends tell your mothers rate and review and let us know if you have any thoughts feelings concerns about this episode or episodes of the past yeah until next time yeah see you at Quinn's yeah there you go (laughs) 